Are you ready to dive deep into the intersections of technology, law, and business? Catch the Tech Intersect podcast on our new Advantage Evans YouTube channel. Whether you're connecting on the go or binging episodes from the comfort of your home, you'll never miss a moment again. Plus, you'll experience all types of exciting shorts, special events content, breaking news lives and the comprehensive learning series. Subscribe today, hit the bell for notifications, and enjoy podcast videos and more. Use the link or search for Advantage Evans on YouTube to find our channel so you can watch, learn, and engage where Insider meets Impact. See you there. Hi, I'm Meta David, and this is Tech Intersect Podcast. In the current state right now, podcasting is very much just like a one-directional thing. So it's from podcaster to listener. What we're aiming to do is make it like a four-way thing. So it's from podcaster to listener, listener to podcaster, but then listeners together too, like connecting it that way side by side. Welcome to Tech Intersect. I'm your host, Tanya Evans, and my life and work exist at the heart of law, business, and technology. Yeah, I've earned a few fancy titles and degrees over the years, but the bottom line is I'm a writer, speaker, teacher, and lifelong learner, and I'm really excited that you've joined me on this journey. So what is Tech Intersect? Well, it's authentic, empowering conversations with really interesting guests who demystify complex topics to prepare you for the future, because your future is now, and it exists where law, business, and tech intersect. Get ready to listen, learn, and leverage. Let's get started. Welcome to Tech Intersect, where we explore the intersections of technology, law, innovation, all in the digital economy and beyond. And today I am thrilled to welcome Meta David to the show. David is a prominent voice in the blockchain and Web3 space, the host of the Blockchain Experience podcast, and also serves as the founder and CEO of Media3 Labs. So with a rich professional background, including roles at Samsung, HP, and an academic foundation in economics and an MBA specializing in finance and leadership, Meta David brings a wealth of knowledge and experience, and he's currently at the forefront of building Scoop 3. Really excited to talk about that. An innovative podcast player utilizing Web3 tech. And additionally, he's involved in a unique community equity raise democratizing pre-IPO investment opportunities. I hope he'll share a bit about that as well. So today we'll delve into his journey, insights, Web3. We'll talk about all of that and more in a moment. But first, Meta David, welcome. Thank you. That was a great introduction. Now I feel like for my podcast, I have to really up my intro game. So that was very well done. Thank you. <laughs> I had to bring my A game. Anytime a pod host is on, you know, I have much respect for the pod game, especially my fellow spirit in this blockchain experience. Really, really excited to have you on and to connect again. I feel like we are, you know, lifelong friends at this point. Yeah, nice crossover. Absolutely. So let's start there. In fact, as the host of the blockchain experience, what motivated you to start the pod? What unique perspectives do you hope to bring to listeners and, and tell folks a bit about the journey? 
Yeah, that's a great question because as you're reading my introduction, other than mentioning that I am a podcast host, you'll notice as far as like my academic background and professional background, no broadcast experience whatsoever. <laughs> and I think if you ask like my friends or people in my professional circle a few years ago, uh, do you think that David would be a suitable podcast host? I'd be like, So, yeah, so what happened was is I started getting into crypto around 2017 or so. I would say I've known about it since kind of like the beginning 2009 or so, but I always was a little skeptical, not of the technology, but just some of the other elements and whether a cryptocurrency also has value. Clarify right now, I don't have that skepticism anymore, so we'll just get past that. But Around 2017 was when things started to get really interesting from a crypto perspective. And admittedly, it was a lot to do with like FOMO just because I saw people making all these outsized gains. And so I started to think like, okay, maybe I'm a little bit too dismissive of this and let me dwell a little deeper into it and see you know, what's going on under the hood. And so I started to kind of connect the dots together where I saw a use case where you can make the argument which the time Bitcoin and still is actually like the number one cryptocurrency by market cap, that that could be like a digital gold, you know, digital gold asset. So, you know, I just decided I'm bought into this, but I'm not a hundred percent there, but enough there that I'll put some money in it, something that I can afford and just see what happens. And so that started off my journey into the space. Now it was more of a set it and forget it type thing initially, but then fast forward around 2021 or so, NFT started to pop up on my radar in the same way that I was familiar with the technology, but I hadn't really dug into it. And kind of the same parallel, it came to a surface because one of my friends was talking about NFT collection called the Board Ape Yacht Club, which I did not buy into. He did very early in the game. Like, wow. Low one ETH, yeah. So wow. he bought it too, and he's doing very well for himself. Wow, I'm not uh, in that <laughs> domain. There uh, might be doing okay as far as some other things, but that one, no, I uh, I passed on that and made probably a mistake there. But conceptually speaking, it became really interesting because you have like a token, and it serves as a membership pass, and you get these utility and perks and. That started becoming like uh, interesting to me as far as like an unlock. And then that started my journey in the space. Not that I bought into the Board Ape Yacht Club, but at least to pay more attention in the NFT space. And what really got me in the NFT rabbit hole was actually specifically digital art. Because if you kind of think about it, like before NFTs, there really wasn't a solid ironclad way for a digital artist to be able to monetize their their work that they're making. Perhaps right. they could be like a graphic artist and make money that way as a profession, but it was hard to make a piece and then sell it the way that you would for like a physical piece. That became really interesting to me because now you have this technology where the Artists can establish provenance that they're the ones that made it and someone else can own it. You also have this mechanic where the artist and the collector don't have to worry about shipping the piece. You don't have to worry about customs. You don't have to worry about currency exchanges. I mean, it just, it tears down a lot of those barriers. And I've always been 
interested in art, but I didn't know enough about it to be able to collect it. And also I had some questions about for the reasons that I just described, like I don't know how to like preserve it in a way that's that I should be transporting all those other things. And so NFTs actually kind of solved a lot of those problems from collector end. And then when I'm talking about, I don't even know how to collect it is that appraisal is always kind of an issue. So there could be like a physical piece and you could tell me it's worth $20,000 and I kind of just have to accept it at face value. That, right. yeah, but the cool thing about NFT technology, it's all on the blockchain. So you could tell me it's like, you can price that at 20000 but I can just go and see like how much the artist has sold previous works for, operable artwork is going. For. And I can get like a pretty good triangulation as far as like the meta David, you know, appraisal and hopefully <laughs> kind of aligns with what it's being sold for. And then the last thing I'll add to that, which is a big one, is that on the artist's front, there's this concept of royalties in perpetuity. So they can continue to have this revenue stream as a piece resells, especially if the artist gains more prominence. And it kind of is actually almost like a motivator for them to you know, have scarcity in a balanced way, but still make pieces and kind of balancing that and help driving the value of their artwork. So that kind of aligns the collectors and artists' incentives together. So I started to make the foray into that. And I got really deep into it. And then as I did that, I'm starting to meet people from all around the world, from Cuba and Iran, and I'm based here in the US. So that's not something we unfortunately get to do here in the US, because those two countries I just talked about, we have embargoes and our governments have like a tricky relationship with those countries. And so I was able to like talk to people from those countries and their artists and kind of connect with them. And so that became really interesting. And I'm learning about emerging art. I'm learning about emerging artists. And I got really passionate about it. So I was like, you know what? Let me just start a podcast despite not having like any podcast <laughs> experience whatsoever. <laughs> Let me just go and run with it. So initially, I started a podcast called The Dead NFT Artist Society. Hmm, love it. <laughs> yeah. And you could probably tell where the name comes from. It's a little NFTs. It's a pun on Dead Fellas NFT collection, which I really like that NFT collection. And I was a member of that community just because they're very much in, you know, uh, diversity, inclusiveness. And so that's something that I really vibe with and kind of align with the values of the podcast. And then also, as you can kind of tell, Dead Poets Society. So I just kind of you know, merged the two together. And so it was a biweekly podcast where I talked to an emerging artist every two weeks. If you go back and you listen to those episodes, they actually, because of the podcast or me, they're not very good. The audio quality is not very good. I'm using like <laughs> Zoom and so. Been there, done that. I'm not proud to say it, but you can definitely go back and I should be <laughs> advertising, but you can definitely go back and listen to some very bad quality podcasts <laughs> from me. Anyway, so that is how like I started into podcasting, but the podcast wasn't really getting a whole lot of traction. And so I made a couple of changes. One is I decided that I am going to just expand beyond just talking to emerging artists and just open it up to people in general, creators, whatever that they do, mm -hmm. some of them musicians, just to kind of open things up and have like a wider net. The second thing that I did was, which was relatively not, I'd say it's still actually pretty novel, is that I was dropping every episode as an NFT as well as a collectible NFT. Love it. And I did not charge for that NFT. 
Mm-hmm. I was still dropping on Apple. I was still dropping on Spotify. I was still dropping on those platforms. But what that did was is it gave me as a podcaster more direct line of sight into who the listeners are. And then on the listener front, what I was doing is the incentive that I would give is that I would read off the names of the people that were meant to, at least the ones that would I could identify, which the listeners actually really pretty. They liked hearing their name on the podcast and me thanking them. Fast forward a little bit, I rebranded the podcast to the blockchain experience, which is what it's known right now. But if you go back and you let, if you go and look for the blockchain experience, you can still find those dead NFT artist society podcast episodes. From there, the, the podcast started to pick up a lot more traction because it was kind of a unique mechanic. People got into it and that was an unlock in terms of. I'm like, you know what? Like, this is cool. I want to be able to kind of do this for all podcasters mm-hmm. and for all listeners. And that's what spawned the idea of Media3 Labs and specifically Scoop3. So to think about like Apple is like a company, Media3 Labs is also a company, not at the same you know level as Apple, Not yet. Not yet. Go on. <laughs> but we exist. <laughs> and then they have different products, like they have their iPhones and they have their iPads, et cetera. And then we have the uh, podcast and blockchain experience, which is part of that family. And now we're building a podcast player called Scoop3, which does everything that I just kind of described, except it does it totally frictionlessly for the listener. So all you have to do as a listener is you listen to a supported episode, and then what it'll do is automatically it'll mint it as an NFT and then drop it into Either your Ethereum wallet address, or if you're not like a crypto person at all, we can intake an email address and kind of treat that as like an Ethereum address. So all that's to say is that from a listener perspective, it operates exactly just like a regular podcast player does. Except Now, we don't call them NFTs, though. We call them loyalty badges. And when you listen to an episode, you get that loyalty badge. And so what that does is... The things that I just described earlier, so from a podcaster perspective, again, you get to be able to identify all the people, not all the people, but the ones that are using Scoop3 that are listening to the podcast. And then from the listener standpoint, it adds an element of gamification because it's kind of cool to collect all these loyalty badges. And then you can signal to the podcaster that, hey, I'm a loyal listener. And then it does another thing, which is in the current state right now, podcasting is very much just like a one directional thing. So it's from podcast to listener. What we're aiming to do is make it like a four-way thing. So it's from podcaster to listener, listener to podcaster, but then listeners together too, like connecting them that way side by side. So we're going to support a bunch of different integrations that the podcaster can leverage at their discretion. So they can maybe token gate like a Discord server or Telegram. They can maybe even like use, uh, if they're using Shopify, can token gate. Uh, we have an integration that will support that. So you can token gate that behind uh, the loyalty badges. So all that's to say is that what Scoop3 is doing is just like we're emulating that process that I had earlier for myself. That was a very crude solution, making it a super simple one for the podcaster and the uh, podcast listener. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. 
Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. Have you ever found yourself puzzled, wondering if cryptocurrency is just a fleeting trend, a scam, or perhaps the future? Hi, I'm Dr. Tanya Evans, and I'm here to introduce you to my new book, Digital Money Demystified, Your Ultimate Guide to Deciphering the Crypto Maze. As a legal policy and crypto education expert, I've crafted this book to cut through the chaos, debunk the myths, and tackle the FUD, that's fear, uncertainty, and doubt. From captivating headlines to meticulously sourced data, I guide you through the promises and the pitfalls of digital assets. With 12 chapters and 10 myths dispelled, Digital Money Demystified is designed for investors, business owners, and professionals eager to navigate the digital economy. It's more than just a book. It's a tool for economic empowerment that directs you safely and confidently from cash to crypto. Say goodbye to bewilderment and hello to enlightenment. Transform from crypto curious to confident sidestep those scammers and embrace the future of work, wealth, and creativity. Grab your copy of Digital Money Demystified today at the book's companion website, digitalmoneydemystified.com or wherever books are sold. This is the right book, the right voice at the right time. Don't miss out on the digital revolution. Stop by digitalmoneydemystified.com now. I want to drill down on that point in particular, so I'm glad that's the pause. Because as you were talking, I was thinking about all of the friction, fraught, and filled experiences early on, just in the NFT game as well, separate and apart from some of the other things. But the idea of having to be so tech savvy and the really horrific UI, UX, so that whole user experience is just laden with, you. I always thought, you know, people can find a way when they're sufficiently motivated, but we didn't always give them sufficient motivation to try. Like for folks that I know, maybe Taylor Swift or Beyonce, if you say this is the only way you're going to get the ticket, rest and, and believe that everybody would figure it out, but they shouldn't have to. And I know you and I imagine this world where, and, and we don't have to imagine it because what I understand and, and gather from Scoop 3 is that you are trying to reduce that friction you're creating community, you're supporting an ecosystem that thrives, that's not just unidirectional. When you said that, it really took me back to like client server model, if we're talking about just the interconnection on on the internet and where we went from web one to web two, and now web two to web three, that you're taking all of that rich experience so that there's a vibrant ecosystem and it's kind of circulating experience, circulating dollars, opening up this cross-pollination across borders. When you think about we're dealing with a global infrastructure, we're dealing with global technology. And so what you're building is really not just evolutionary, but revolutionary in that respect, because you're also compressing the amount of time to get there is, is what I'm hearing. So talk specifically about some of those friction points that I hear it when you're saying it, but let's get super specific for those who don't speak in our awesome language about what were the friction points that Scoop3 solves for. I'm going to deliberately throw some technical terms there that don't speak the language. So current state, what you have to do is like you have to 
get Ethereum based or some sort of like wallet address. And then what you have to load it up with cryptocurrency, which isn't always an easy thing to do. You might have to rely on a Coinbase or a Gemini or a Binance, what have you. Then you have to transfer it over into that wallet. Then what you do is you have to go to like a marketplace and then connect your wallet. And then you have to find the NFT that you want to purchase. And then when you do, you have to like hit the right buttons and mint and all these other like gas fees and all blah, 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 blah. Very convoluted process, right? What Scoop3 is doing is abstracting actually all that stuff. So the way that Scoop3 works, and I did this with a, a large amount of deliberation, you actually don't have any knowledge that you're engaging in the blockchain whatsoever. Right. That's the goal, really. Yeah. Everything, I say this a lot, and it sounds repetitive when I talk about Scoop3, but I'm really emphatic about it, that everything's happening under the hood when it comes to Scoop3. So when you register for Scoop3, you provide like an email address. The only time that the blockchain part kind of comes up, if you want, and it's optional, you can provide an Ethereum address, and that's an optional thing, and that's just there for the crypto savvy people like myself and you, that Mm -hmm. we can provide that. If you don't even know what that is, just ignore that like line of text there, move on. Then what happens is, is that it just operates like a regular podcast player. So you'll see, you know, whatever podcasts that you listen to, you'll mm-hmm. see Tech Effect on there. You'll see Lex Friedman. You'll see me on there. The ones where you can collect a loyalty badge, they'll have like a little designation that indicates that a loyalty badge is available. And then so you collect, you can click on that podcast and then you can look for the episode that has a loyalty badge available, and then you listen to it. If you listen to it in its entirety and you listen to it at 1x speed and above a certain volume threshold. <laughs> Love it. Very good. <laughs> we have it deliberately just because we want to preserve the integrity of the data and make sure that the people listening are truly listening. What will happen is, is that if you fulfill that criteria, you will, as a listener, receive a loyalty badge. And notice that I didn't use the words gas in there, mint, mm-hmm. wallet, marketplace, any of those things. Mm-hmm. You get a loyalty badge. And that loyalty badge, based on the way that the podcaster wants to leverage it, can be leveraged in all sorts of different ways that you described, like whether, you know, uh, community, merch experiences, in-person, a whole bunch of different ways that that can be leveraged. But from like a listener perspective, it's kind of like the podcast player for like our parents in the sense that you just register, listen to content, and you're just collecting all these loyalty badges, totally to the fact that they technically are NFTs. They technically, the blockchain that we're using it for the listeners that are blockchain savvy is we're using the Gnosis blockchain. And technically these are actually POAP's proof of attendance protocol for those folks that are familiar. But for the they don't really need to concern themselves with that. They are just loyalty badges. And the cool thing is, is the reason that we're using the blockchain is twofold. One is the interoperability piece, which it's super easy for these integrations that we talked about. They can be built. In fact, we don't have to be involved in that process. We'll help facilitate an usher it, but there's third parties that can kind of scoop, no, no pun intended. <laughs> I see what you did. Right. <laughs> and then start building those integrations without us being involved in that process. The second thing is, and gosh, I hope this doesn't happen, but if Media3 Labs, for whatever reason, does go under, you still own those loyalty badges. And that's different than like any other entity. 
be out there, which is that, you know, you could be collecting loyalty badges from uh, uh, going to like a Phillies game, for example, they might be giving you these loyalty badges. If the Phillies, you know, go out of business or baseball goes out of business, like you lose those loyalty badges because it's being spent by a centralized authority. Whereas this is a blockchain, so it's a decentralized authority. So like I said, God forbid, if Media3 Labs goes under, you're going to keep those loyalty badges. Those experiences are yours and nobody can take them from you. They're immutable. They're on the blockchain technically. And you know what? There could be maybe another company that comes in and kind of just picks up the pieces and helps find a way to leverage it. Or maybe if Media3 Labs is go under, I hate saying that because- I know. <laughs> Moves <laughs> on. Master can still maintain that relationship with the- Like those things don't go away. And that's another reason that- we built and we use the blockchain and Web3. And I'll just round it off with one last thing, which is that podcasting is actually really built on a very old technology from 1999 called RSS feeds. And it really has not changed much. So it direly needs like this fast forwarding to Web3. And we're using podcasting to just kind of kick things off. But this tokenized media consumption absolutely is going to be like the future. So we're going to start with podcasting. But if you kind of think about it, you can have this token, I call it tokenized media consumption, which might be a little bit of a mouthful, but essentially like consuming content and then having like a ledger entry on the blockchain to indicate that you can it's really exciting. And I often, I, I know so many people for a number of reasons, either never got into NFTs or were put off by kind of fear, uncertainty, doubt, also known as FUD, to never, quote unquote, take it seriously. They didn't understand the proposition. You get the sensational headlines and people are like, why and what for? I was and remain very excited about the technology and the community for a number of reasons. I'm a creative person in my life before Tanya the podcaster, Professor Evans, Dr. Evans, Tanya the tennis player, and all, all these other things that I'm a creative person at heart, a spoken word artist. I have books of poetry that are out there as well. Students find their way to it every year. It's very funny. And when I think about supporting, you, you talked about it at the top, a community that kind of levels the playing field between and, and removes the gatekeepers in that experience from art, that you can take that that idea, that concept, those use cases, and there are just so many opportunities to expand virtually, dare I say, every industry and sector in some form. But I like very much that you also are combining, and I think this is part of the ethos and the spirit of, of the crypto community writ large, this idea of gamifying experiences, keeping people engaged as well, of uh, people you know, thinking about what's in it for me above and beyond, yay, we're all in this experience. I'm competitive by nature, so I would love to stack some some poaps and and keep that party going. So the that makes it really really exciting. And then final point, and I'd love your thoughts on managing identity in virtual spaces and digital spaces with digital avatar. It, it presents really confounding questions, but also some significant opportunities with this type of technology as well. We don't think of it just as a virtual experience, although digital art paired with a token experience. But what you're talking about is token-enabled experiences above and beyond what we think of as just owning a piece of dot, 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 right? So that's what really gets me excited. And I know that that is something that's very exciting to you when we're talking specifically about managing identity when we're also 
managing digital assets? Yeah, it's really interesting because when it comes to digital identity, there's a lot of, I think, appeal around that because in current state, and I hate to say like in the physical, like the non, you know, digital. I won't world. say real, but I will say physical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say real because I'm concerned digital is real. So. Right. But the unfortunate truth is, is that oftentimes people just make assumptions about you based on, you know, your physical characteristics or maybe even like disabilities that you may have. And so having like a digital identity kind of helps level the playing field oftentimes and, you know, for different affected groups. I feel really uh, passionate about the digital identity piece just because I think that it kind of affords people the ability and kind of democratizes the playing field for participants. And so the thing I really like about this space is the fact that you can reveal as much as you're comfortable revealing. So if you just want to put, you know, your full identity and your full name out there, cool. There's some people that might not want to for a variety of reasons. The thing with blockchain is, is that it isn't, terribly difficult to see like how much a particular wallet has. Mm -hmm. And then if that person is, as they call it, doxxed, mm -hmm. then you can kind of get a good sense of whether this person is like high value, at least in a public way. And that might make them a target for certain things. Absolutely. All that's to say is that I, I think that there's, I think that the digital identity part just kind of helps facilitate a lot of democratization, then remaining anonymous if you feel fit and sharing whatever you feel fit. Uh, one thing I will say about Scoop3, because it came up earlier when I was talking to someone else, is like, whoa, 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 isn't this a big like privacy issue? The thing is, is with Scoop3, just to be clear, like when I'm talking about the email addresses, those email addresses are not shared with like anyone else that is contained within a vault. So that's not disclosed, but what happens is, and now that you talk about digital identities, that we have like partners that if you want to opt into, you can take on what's called like an ENS, um, an Ethereum service. And so you can call yourself something. And if you want, you can link your wallet to your Twitter. And so you can share what you're comfortable sharing. But if you want to just kind of remain anonymous and stack these POAPs, these loyalty badges, you can totally do that more power to you. And so- the concept of just digital identity is one that's really fascinating to me and one that I think about a lot. And it's interesting because you will come across to people in the non-like digital world. Um, again, I'm not going to call it the real world. It might seem like <laughs> bizarre sometimes that you're talking to someone that you really don't know anything about them. But for us, we don't think about that. I mean, like if they're uh, choose to be anonymous and we don't know their gender or race or whatever, like we don't even have like a second thought about that. They are just like, they are what they are and they might even have a PFP, um, whether mm -hmm. it's themselves or cartoon, what have you. Mm -hmm. We don't make any assumptions around that. Now there is another element that sometimes gets involved is that sometimes use those PFPs as like uh, social signaling, for example. So we talked about board API club, which is a pretty well-known uh, NFT collection that goes for now tens of thousands of dollars, but I think back in the day, it used to be it'll come back, not legal or financial yeah, advice. We'll see. <laughs> 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 not financial advice, but it'll come yeah. back. But like, like that you take on that PFP and at least maybe you want to remain anonymous, but for whatever reason, you kind of want to flex and indicate that you are someone that has like this PFP and assumably a high net worth uh, individual. So yeah, digital identity is just a really fast, I mean, you can 
you can write like an entire book on, I feel like. Absolutely. Let's conclude with two things. One, give a sense to the listeners what what's ahead for Scoop 3. We know the plan that we have the rollout. What is your you know, roadmap look like in the, in the next couple of years, particularly as we are now moving out of a bear cycle and into more bullish waters. And we have some, we don't have total regulatory certainty, but we have a sufficient amount that we now have 11 spot Bitcoin uh, exchange traded funds. Um, we have the power of the judiciary that is ensuring that we have some greater distinctions between commodities and securities. And, and, the talk of, of NFTs is, is a, a separate conversation for a separate day. But with that and with the having event for Bitcoin, I just feel like in the next 18 months to 24 months, we see uh, more energy, more enthusiasm. I don't track prices per se, but when prices start to move in a different, start to move north, then you have more people come in. You have new users who, and, and with this new technology giving new opportunities above and beyond just investment or spending for currency's sake, we have these other opportunities to engage in the ecosystem in a way that is media, entertainment, community. And I think that's an important part and a, a narrative that isn't often told. So um, to bring it back to the question, thinking about what the roadmap is and how you're bringing people in. And then the final question would be for those who are interested, and I'm certainly going to share these links in the show notes, learning about ways to become supportive of Media 3 and certainly getting involved with Scoop 3. Yeah, so... Within the next like 18 months or so, I would say that we are focused on growing Scoop 3 and it's kind of a two-sided business. So we are onboarding podcasters mm, to be oh, right. uh, a part of the network. And then also, of course, we're looking for listeners. What happens is, is that it's interesting because we call them loyalty badges. Technically they're NFTs, but if you've noticed, I, I haven't talked about like, because oftentimes when you think about NFTs, you think about speculation, price go up, price go down. But these loyalty badges really don't have that kind of value necessarily. Like you can, you have an experience. That experience is yours. I don't. It's kind of weird to kind of like try to sell it to someone else. In fact, the partner that we're using, understandably, makes it very difficult to do that. They put up a lot of friction. Can technically do that. And by that, you mean like selling on the secondary market or something of that nature. Exactly. Yeah, gotcha. selling mm -hmm. on the secondary market. Understandably so, just because you consume the content, you're the one that consumed it. Really, you should be the one that owns that content. Right. Uh, so we don't really play too much in that space. And so we're not overly concerned from like a regulatory standpoint because we're not, uh, these are just loyalty badges and they're not really speculative assets. Kind of like airline miles or hotel points, loyalty points. Mm. Like rewards programs. Yeah, totally. So it's uh, so we're not really too much in that space uh, as far as like people buying and selling like PO apps and that sort of thing. But it's a really great question because one thing that I'm really passionate about is just helping onboard people into like the blockchain in a meaningful and thoughtful way. And that's what Scoop 3, like one of our missions is, is to do exactly that, is just to kind of onboard people in a way that I know I sound like a broken record, but again, like under the hood, it's working, but you don't necessarily have to be a crypto or blockchain person. It's really just you're getting the benefits of the blockchain, but not having to get into the nitty gritty of like how it works the same way that, you know, you don't have to be an electrician to turn on and off a light switch. 
Right. We're focused on that. Now, having said that, the company's called Media3 Labs. The name is very deliberate, and it's because we have very much a wide periphery of things that we're looking at as far as spaces that we can enter in and make an impact to support the tokenization of media consumption. Because we're going to have a future where people consume content and they are going to receive some sort of, whether you want to call it a loyalty badge, whether you want to call it an NFT, whether you want to call it like a ledger entry on the blockchain. So you could watch like a whole bunch of Marvel movies and Disney would love to know about that and perhaps reward you for that. And you want to be rewarded and recognized by Disney for your loyalty. So it's kind of like a win-win for both parties. But right now the infrastructure doesn't really exist in a meaningful way. And so broadly speaking, I see that for movies, television programs, et cetera, et cetera. We're going after the low hanging fruit. Like I said earlier, like the podcast, just because it's really old technology it's a really growing market. It's 11.1 billion globally, and it's growing around 27%. Mm-hmm. No signs of slowing. No signs of slowing. You and I both know that. So it's it's really ripe for this kind of, I hate using the word disruption because it's often misused, <laughs> but I'll say it this one time is disrupting it. So that's kind of like what we're focused on. Then to answer the second part of your question, in the spirit of Web3, which is about like, you know, democratization, equal opportunity. We are a pre-IPO company. And oftentimes what happens is, is with these opportunities to invest in these companies, you have to be what's called an accredited investor, which I could be wrong on the dollar amounts, but I think it's something like $200,000, $250,000 they have to make annually for two years in a row or, or a net worth of a million dollars, which kind of sounds a little ludicrous because why does right. why does like your income or your net worth make you a savvier investor? And hopefully there's going to be legislation in place somewhere down the line where maybe you could just take a test to kind of prove that. And it's not based on, you know, your net worth or how much you make, but current state, that's what it is. I hate that model with a passion. So what we did is we went through the process with the SEC. So everything's like above board. We filed the uh, paperwork and went through a financial review and you can actually invest in Media3 Labs. And I use the word invest very deliberately. You can invest in Media3 Labs for a future equity stake in the company. And what that means is that unlike uh, token drops and that sort of thing in uh, the blockchain world that people are accustomed to, you're not really an invest. Like you're buying something and you're kind of speculating it, but you don't have like an ownership stake in it. Whereas what we're doing is you can have an ownership stake in it, you know? And so we're doing that deliberately. So to use an analogy, we're partnered with a company called WeFunder, which is kind of managing uh, all the paperwork and stuff on our behalf. We have a landing page set up there and you can go there to uh, make an investment and we have perks at certain thresholds. Minimum investment amount is only $100. And the analogy that I was going to use is if you think about like Robinhood, uh, what they did for like the stock market in, in the sense that you don't necessarily have to buy an entire stock of a company and there's a lot of like the fees and stuff are taken out. Robinhood and WeFunder, they're very much similar in their MO. So like think of WeFunder as like the Robinhood for pre-IPO companies. So you can go in with a $100 minimum investment. You don't have to be an accredited investor. And you could just, you know, invest and then uh, see what happens. And it's much the same. It's it's the same terms, same, very much the same process. Well, the process actually for angel investors is a lot more laborious, but we've kind of taken all that with WeFunder's kind of taking care of that on the back end. So you can 
make a nominal investment, a hundred dollars, and uh, kind of have that same opportunity for I'll use the Web three uh, catch or buzzword uh, generational wealth, or maybe that's a Gen Z. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> we Gen Xers like generational wealth as well. <laughs> Talking, you know, the kind of the, the democratization of investment uh, when we think of this kind of approach from a crowd sourcing point of view and really leaning in and focused on the future, not just of work, but entrepreneurship as well. And for the idea of how businesses will move forward and all of the really exciting things and the tools at, at our disposal in order to move forward in uncharted territory in the sense that the world as we know it is go- is going to change more in two years than in the last 10 and in and, and 10 years, more than the last hundred. That's how quickly things are moving. And so the ability, look, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm young on the outside, but I'm age appropriate on the inside. And so we're not getting any younger here. And the idea that we stay nimble and flexible, intellectually curious, do your homework, but be open to the possibilities and the realities of how much the world is changing. And with leaders like Meta David, uh, it's going to be critically important to pay attention because these are the, the transformative companies of the future. They start now. And so, Meta David, I'm thrilled to see you in many different places and spaces and on podcasts and on cross-pollinization and certainly on, I'm always going to call it the Twitters. I don't care, but you know what I mean? And it's, it's a pleasure to continue to build and across pollinate, especially as pod hosts and uh, folks who are just obsessed with the power and the promise, aware of the pitfalls and working to make Web3, the metaverse, blockchain and, and crypto assets safer, more accessible. And um, therefore, people, once they have access and also have the access to the proper tools, can make it a better and richer experience and richer in terms of experience. But I like money too. So let's see how that works out as well. And uh, again, thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for having me. And I just want to say, I really appreciate everything that you do for the space as a thought leader and as a steward of Web3 in terms of giving people the information and arming them, whether it's through books, webinars, and other programs that you do, and just letting them make their own decision. Just you give them the information unbiased, and then let them make those decisions. So as a fellow uh, Web3 person, I really appreciate the work that you do out there. Thank you. Last thing, share your website. I will include it in the show notes, but I was remiss in actually saying it aloud. So where should people go for more information? Uh, You could go to Media3 Lab. So that's Media, M-E-D-I-A, three, the number three. So don't spell it out like it's just the number three labs labs.com and then from there you could there's a link out to the blockchain experience uh there's also a link out to be waitlisted if you want to join scoop three as a listener another waitlist available if you want to be a, a podcaster and then additionally we have another link there for if you want to learn more about the investment opportunity perfect meta david thank you so much and i look forward to our next conversation Likewise, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Tech Intersect podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you love it, please tell the world. If not, 
go ahead and tell me. And in either case, drop a comment or ping me on social media at IPProfEvans with the hashtag TechIntersect. And finally, a quick reminder on digital safety. There are a lot of scammers out there impersonating me and others, and I need your help. Now hear this. And remember, I will never slide into your DMs to say peace and blessings or hey, and I will never reach out to solicit your time or your money on social media like ever. I'm not a trader. I am an educator and an attorney licensed in four states. Thank you very much. I'm here to inform, inspire, and empower. No cap and definitely no forex. So be careful, make good choices, and remember, I developed an entire free masterclass about the topic of digital safety in the crypto space. So check out secureyourcryptobag.com for more information. That's secureyourcryptobag.com. All right, that's all for this episode. Until next time, continue to shine. there, Tech Intersect listeners. Have you ever encountered naysayers claiming crypto is too volatile, a total scam, or a hacker's paradise? Well, it's time to dispel these persistent myths and reveal the truth. It's exactly why I wrote Digital Money Demystified, available now wherever books are sold. And this book is your golden ticket from being crypto curious to radiating crypto confidence. Navigate the crypto world with clarity and conquer the chaos. Get your copy today to learn about my journey, separate fact from fiction, and maybe even embark on a transformative journey yourself. Don't stop there. Enhance your learning experience exponentially. Join the DMD Insiders Membership Club. It's a gateway to premier coaching, engaging community, and unparalleled content that complements the insights in the book. Together, we'll unlock the potential of digital money and stride confidently into the future. Visit digitalmoneydemystified.com, grab your guide to the crypto universe, and become an esteemed member of our Insiders Club. Let's decode the digital dollar and invest in your crypto-savvy future right now.